You are listening to the Northwest Allen County Schools Educator Spotlight. Today's guest is Carroll High School Band Director Doug Hassell. The host for the Educator Spotlight is NACS Curriculum Instruction and Technology Integration Coordinator, Andy Dietrich. Welcome to the third episode of the Northwest Allen County Schools Educator Spotlight. My name is Andy Dietrich, and I'm a curriculum coordinator with Northwest Allen County Schools. And what that really means is I am lucky enough to work one-on-one and train teachers to be the best teacher that they can be. And one of my favorite people that I get to work with, and in fact, I don't have to work for them very much because he's already is a fantastic teacher, is Carroll High School Band Director Doug Hassell. Now, Doug and I have had numerous conversations about just education in general, and I come from an athletics um, background, and obviously Doug has a musical background, but for me, I see no difference between band and, say, a football team. Both groups, the kids work awful hard. There's a constant trial and error learning. There's a constant formative assessment where the coach is giving them feedback. The kids are doing constant self-evaluation. And then at some point, there's a final summative assessment, which for a football team is game night, but for a marching band, that's going to be the performance of some sort, which could easily be the halftime performance at the football games. And so we're going to talk about how just being in the band really helps round out the education of our youth. So without further ado, let me introduce Carroll High School Band Director, Doug Hassell. Welcome to the show, Doug. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. Excuse me, a little bit of a cold, but still hanging in there. Well, it's that time of year where you get in the wet snow and the the misty rain, and it's just kind of blech. So I bet your kids and you are glad to be off the marching band practice field as the weather has took a turn for the south, so to speak. Well, yeah, it's it's always interesting, excuse me, because not only are you know, we're trying to plan, uh, you know, practices and rehearsals and communicating with uh, our staff of about 20 people just to make that happen. But depending on where we are in the season, one of the hats we have to wear is the weatherman hat. And then we have to put on the administrator hat and say, okay, what, what are our facilities like? And, and all of that stuff is even before practices begin. So to say that we're through that and now we're in a time of relative rest is a, it's a welcome, a welcome change. So Absolutely. So let's let's go back kind of to the beginning, and, and really, I mean, the beginning of your career as an educator. What made you decide to become a band director? Because I don't know if you've noticed, band directors really have no other life outside of band for a big stretch of the season. So what has made you take on this well, role? When I was in a sixth grade band at Northwood Middle School, I remember the day when I just kind of looked at what I was doing and I said, I think I want to do this for the rest of my life. And uh, it was a moment where kind of in the middle of it, I just realized it was something that I thought I was pretty good at and I, it just felt natural. And um, you know, that kind of came and went and I got more interested in, I wanted the next thing I wanted to do is be Eddie Van Halen and I wanted to be a professional skateboarder. Um, but then when I got into the band in high school, it, it just became a part of who I was and, you know, that was always there. And I kind of, and I went through the band uh, at Northside High School in the late 80s and early 90s. And, um, 
just had some great experiences and had a great uh, a great band director myself who's still there. Um, Ed King was my band director, and he's in year I think forty five or forty six. And then after I uh, graduated, I just never went away. I kept coming back and helping. And I started uh, at the IPFW in the fall of nineteen ninety three uh, on my bachelor of music ed and. Um, my experience in band in high school kind of propelled me into college and one door just kept opening and another and another, another. And, um, before I knew it, I was out of college and I was teaching. So where was your first school where you started out as a band director? Did you start out as a head band director or as an assistant band director or just as a volunteer coach? Well, I, when I was in college, um, I worked with several area programs, um, with the North side and Woodland and Concordia and East Noble. Um, but my first full-time teaching job was at uh, Prairie Heights High School up near Angola. And I started there in the fall of 1999 and was uh, fortunate enough to start as the head band director. And um, there were several other twists and turns that led me to Carroll. And ironically, um, Carroll High School was the first job I ever applied for in the fall of 1999. Um, I did not get the interview, but um, after teaching at a few other schools in uh, 2012 found out that the job was again going to be open and went through the process of applying. And, uh, here I am. <laughs> what a great story. What a great story. Well, I'll say from my view, uh, we're so glad to have you. And I, and it's been such a, you know, I've had a number of kids who were in the band program when I was still a classroom teacher. And, uh, in fact, your seniors that you have are the last group of kids that I had as a classroom teacher. So it's been really good to see these band kids go through uh, the program and grow. And uh, I do have to say, I really like your stuff that you put on Facebook Live as you guys are getting ready for your Saturday competitions. Uh, if I remember right, you're going to get to school at some ridiculous hour, sometimes 5, 6, 7 a.m., and you're already bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and you're you're basically giving out a live feed and the kids are coming in and you talk to them. And I think it's really great. And it comes back to how important having a relationship with your students and your players, how important that is to, to mold a team that will work together towards a common goal. It's monstrous. I mean, I, at least to me and, you know, and the people that I look at for inspiration and the philosophy that we try to try to employ, um, if you don't have that, everything else you do have won't stand very long. Um, there's kind of a saying that, that I've become familiar with. It's something along the lines of they don't care how much you know unless they know how much you care. And, you know, building relationships takes time. Um, it's, it has to be intentional, and, uh, it, and it has to be a two-way street. So, uh, you know, the, the Facebook Live thing, was it was sort of a, a fluke. I just kind of did it once uh, one Saturday and I thought, you know, I know a lot of people see what the end product is, but they may not know, you know, how we begin the day. So I just kind of did it and I got so much positive feedback um, that I said, well, let's just kind of keep this going. And it seems to um, seems to have caught on. And uh, I think because, because when we take the kids out and perform, you know, football game or the state contest or whatever, what the audience members see is, a bunch of people wearing uniform and they forget that underneath that uniform are somebody else's children. And those kids have personalities and they have quirks and they make us laugh and they make us pull our hair out. And it's just a chance to, to kind of see those kids up close in their environment before they, you know, they put, before they put the Superman suit on and before they go out and, um, and, and demonstrate what they've been doing or learning. 
You know, and that's that's part of the purpose of this podcast, and especially with my football podcast. The, the purpose of the football podcast is to really tell the story of the football team because the public isn't at practice. They're not in the weight room in the offseason. They're not during the, the in-school conditioning time. They just see, you know, number 27 out there on the football field running around and making tackles. And so when we do the interviews for those kids, I think that's so enlightening and, you know, the coach getting across this message. And my mission for this podcast is the same, is that we know that Northwest Allen County Schools is full of great teachers and administrators. But does the public really know them? And so the purpose of this podcast is no different than what your Facebook Live shows are for, is let's tell the story of the members of our band kids. And it's really, it's it helps bring about community because, when those kids know that you're making a recording for the public and you're telling how awesome that these kids are, that means a lot to those kids. It really means a lot. I bet you some kids get there early enough just so they can be on your Facebook live. <laughs> well, that's possible. I know that it, I get a kick out of the fact that we always put together, when we put our itinerary together, we always put a call time and it doesn't matter what event it is, no matter what the call time is, there's always a kid there before I get there, there's always someone waiting to get in. And I just, I kind of laugh because, you know, uh, the later we get in the season, our performance times kind of get earlier. So we have to get there earlier. And there's been times I've showed up at, you know, four thirty in the morning and there's somebody waiting to get in. And, um, you know, it's, I, I think that's awesome because it's a, it's a place where kids have found their niche and they have found that they're, um, they're going to be a part of something bigger than they are. And, you know, whether their parents are kicking them out of the car or whether they're kicking their parents out of the car, the point is they're there and they're doing something of value and they know that. And that's exciting to me. Yeah, they want to be there. That's important. They just want to be there. I want to pick your brain about how the band compares to football. So as I was talking to Coach Dinan over the season, he talks a lot about how he works on basically sports psychology. And one of the things that he says most often is E plus R equals O, all right? So the E is an event, and then the R is a response, and based upon your response to that event, that will equal the outcome. So basically, it's, it's a way for a player and a coach to think about adversity and what are you going to do to overcome it. Now, adversity shows up in a, in a band performance. So have you come up with some kind of similar saying or basically stress the same thing with with your kids that a football coach would? I think, you know, what we have tried to do um, is, first of all, we make sure that everybody understands that as part of the group, everyone matters. You know, there's everyone has a spot and everyone is important and we are not whole without everybody there. And, you know, it's certainly that can be a challenge when you get into the season, you're dealing with sicknesses and injuries and things like that. But you know, if we don't establish that, first of all, then it's hard for kids to understand. I think, you know, I'm just playing this one thing. You know, what, what's my value? Well, here's what it looks like when you're not there. Um, <clears throat> and one of the things we have this hanging in the, on a poster in the band room. And it's, it's a it's a saying that says something like if everyone in the group was doing exactly what you were doing right now, would it make us better or worse? And we sort of operate on a philosophy that if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. So we, you know, we, we stress, we stress consistency, uh, consistency, and we stress focus, but we also try to, this year, one of the biggest things we stress was relax. 
Um, we can't be our best when we're stressed out. We can't be our best when we're thinking about things that we can't control. And, and that word, um, relax, showed up in just about every facet of what we were doing. So we sort of tied or we tried to tie in the idea that every, whatever, ever, whatever anyone is doing at any one time could be the standard by which we're all measured. Because when you started talking about performance and judging and assessment, that's exactly what happens. And you have to simply relax and focus on doing your absolute best all the time, every time. Basically, what you said are some of the most important tenets of sports psychology. The athletic department works with a, uh, a performance coach named Brian Kane. I think he's based out of Denver, but I could be wrong on that one. But anyway, he talks about being 1% better every day. And so that's that constant improvement. Can you get better every day? But he also talks about before it's your time to step into the batter's box or you're, you're at the free throw or something, it's to take a cleansing breath. And that's to get you relaxed because tension hurts performance. And you know, like I said before, there, there's really no difference between being in the band and being in the football team. You, you're, you're working on the same skills, teamwork. Uh, you've got to do your job and you're working for something that's bigger than yourself. And that's the ultimate teamwork of having that great performance. Change gears here a little bit. And we've talked a bunch about this during uh, kind of your jazz band part of the year. And uh, you talk about how you find those jazz competitions is like the best that you see in education because of the kids are performing in front of an authentic audience. The judges are giving them feedback and the kids actually can kind of act on that feedback. So kind of kind of tell us about that from your more knowledgeable perspective than mine. Well, what, what, first of all, what's interesting, and this is really in all of the musical performing arts events that involve competition and assessment, is that they all do that to some degree. If you boil it down, you have students performing, being um, evaluated or assessed by a panel of judges. Um, probably the closest thing in the athletic world is probably figure skating, like you see in the Olympics. Um, yeah, the, the, the individual skaters doing their thing. Um, but then that's also happening in front of an audience. And part of that audience might include the people that taught them. That might include their, com their competitors. That might include um, the parents. And that might just include fans. So they are demonstrating what they have learned in front of a crowd that has paid to be there and not only wants to see them uh, do their best, but has a vested interest in it. So, and, and that's all performing arts, whether it's show choir, whether that's indoor percussion, winter guard, marching band, uh, concert band, jazz band, uh, any of those. But as it relates specifically to the jazz band, and we're sort of, um, you know, we, we're, we're exiting out of the marching band time, and all of these elements that sort of happen under marching band get split into different things that happen in the winter. Um, and my energy goes towards that because we have uh, other staff that do some of those other activities. The jazz students are, uh, you know, they're going to go on stage and they're going to perform uh, probably three pieces of music in an auditorium or a concert hall in front of an audience. And I'm going to be on stage with them. You know, I'm, you know, I help them learn it. I help them, you know, I coach them through it. You know, provide, we had a starting point and that's probably closer to an ending point. And then uh, the judges are just other music educators, uh, probably professional jazz musicians or maybe retired band directors or, or uh, people that have been brought in from somewhere else in the country. And they're going to listen to the performance and they're going to have a copy of the music that the kids are playing so that they, so they are uh, listening and responding on a live digital recording, watching what they should be playing in the musical score in front of them and listening and watching them on stage, giving them feedback on what they should have done versus what they are doing. 
And then they're going to take uh, their assessment of that and they're going to put it against a rubric and they're going to p- create a score. And there's going to be pr- uh, three of these people that do this. And, you know, from the competitive standpoint, you know, they're going to uh, announce first, second, and third places based on how those things work out. But the coolest part about it is when the same people that are judging and assessing, they come down on the stage and they talk with the kids and they tell them what they did well and they tell them why they did it well and they tell them how they did it well. And then they talk to the, the directors about what they, they have heard and seen and how they can improve. And then they talk with the kids about, you know, here are some areas in which you can grow. I noticed that this, you know, this area here in this part of the music might have been uh, this level and maybe there's some problems, but here's what we can do to get it better. And even in some cases, they will then rehearse the band on the stage to demonstrate what they just told them. So uh, then, uh, so the kids have just performed in front of the same people that are assessing them and they're getting feedback and they're making connections with those same people. And in, in even some of these festivals, those exact same people that got on stage and worked with them then do a concert with other performers so that they can then, then demonstrate what the next level is. And uh, we were at the Purdue Jazz Festival a couple of years ago, and it kind of occurred to me, wow, like you don't get much more authentic education than that. Students have been working individually on their own part. They come together collectively as a group, collectively as students at the teacher. They go on stage in front of an audience. They play, they perform, they demonstrate, they assess, and they grow. And then, there's, and then they hear what the next level is so that they can come away from it with knowledge, but also motivation and challenge to get better the next time around. I don't think that there's too many things better than that for giving kids something that's meaningful, enjoyable, applicable, and appreciative so that they can go on and they can do it and then they want to do it better. And that takes all the relationships and everything we've done already. And it just, it, it just amplifies it and it, it makes it fun. It makes it energetic. It makes it enjoyable. And, and everyone comes out a winner. And I don't mean competitively because we all come out better than we were when it, going into it. We all grew that. And that's it. Yeah, you know, what I like about this conversation, besides all the tremendously neat things you've just told us, is did you notice we didn't talk about a grade? Now, there there was a mention of a grade, like you get scored, you know, see who comes in first, second, and third. But that wasn't the main point. The main point was learning. What did you do well? You learned what you did well. You learned what you didn't do as well, but at the same time, you got some feedback on how to do your weak points, for lack of a better word, how to do them better, and then you actually got to try that out. If regular classroom education was like this, we would have every problem in American education solved. You know, I remember a couple years ago, you tell me this same story, and I was so geeked listening to it because that's what it's all about. It's about learning. And, And those kids are put in a position where... They're not afraid to fail, which then gives them the freedom to to step out of their box and become better. That's, a, that's absolutely right. Now, I've heard your jazz band kids play. Like, I've walked down your hallway, and if I hear them – in fact, I've actually – because your, your band hall is right near a, a parking lot where some of the mm-hmm. tech people park. If I happen to be coming back from another school at the time that those kids are playing, I'll walk down mm-hmm. and just listen because those kids are really good. They're really good. If you if you don't have ever got a chance to hear the, the Carol Jazz Band play, you better get your chance to it. 
because they're really good. You should feel very proud of yourself. And I think you've told me that Fort Wayne itself is kind of a little hotbed of, of jazz music. Fort Wayne is a gem in Indiana when it comes to jazz, um, and it goes back generations. Uh, you know, I mentioned the experience that I had when I was in high school um, at the in Northside's band program. And at, at that time, uh, you know, Ed King was the band director, and Barry Ashton was the band director at Northrop High School, and, and Kevin Clee was at uh, Snyder and Dave Streeter was at Southside and, um, and Kevin Drew was at Leo. And, and, you know, there were a lot of great jazz bands, but every weekend we were going out to these festivals. And as a student in the band, you know, we were hearing these other groups and, you know, of course we were competitive, but, you know, we also knew, man, these kids are great. And it was funny, like as an educator, looking back, I didn't realize I was being motivated to get better by my peers and, and other schools. I was learning from them and it sort of, um, it motivated me in a way that I didn't realize until much later. Um, <clears throat> but as far as Fort Wayne is concerned, that's been going on for you know, for decades. And a couple of years ago, our state school music association started the state jazz finals. We, you know, we already had the state marching finals and the state concert band finals uh, and the state show choir finals, but they finally added the state jazz finals. And um, <clears throat> they, they take it through a, a, an audition process or a, a series of qualifying performances they take eight into the state finals and of those eight four of them came from the fort wayne area last year it's impressive so you know so not only is it you know it's something that we like to think it's you know if if you really want to get into the data the data is there um but even more than the data there's just great kids making great music so as you've been here at, at northwest allen county schools as band director since 2012 how much has your band program grown because it seems to be a little bigger every year. Well, <clears throat> yeah, it is. And I tell you, what I like is the kind of growth we're having. We, we have had growth in terms of numbers that's been congruent with the growth of the district. Um, but we're seeing growth in areas we hadn't really anticipated. We, when we started in 2012, we had 139 students in the marching band. Uh, this year was uh, 193. Um, we had to actually uh, look at purchasing new uniforms uh, uh, probably a year earlier than I anticipated. And that was to accommodate not only the growth in the students that we had, but also uh, the uniforms we had were just getting you know, outdated um, in terms of wearing out and whatnot. <clears throat> but then we also had to, just because of the amount of students we had, to, our boosters had the, the foresight to look at purchasing a second semi-trailer just to haul all, all of our stuff around. Um, so there, there's a little bit of an, an, an example of growth, but we're seeing growth in terms of the numbers of extracurriculars that are happening. Uh, we have not, you've mentioned our jazz ensemble class, but we also have two extracurricular jazz bands that begin meeting in January after school. We have two extracurricular jazz combos that are smaller groups that work on improvisation. They are meeting after school now. Um, we have added a second high school winter guard. We've added a middle school cadet winter guard. Uh, we've seen growth in quality and numbers in our indoor percussion. And one of the coolest um, pieces of growth in the band program has been our concert band. That is, our, it's basically our students that don't, they're not involved in, um, in marching activities. They just want to play. We had, I think, 25 students in that the first year. And this year we see 93 students um, in that group. And so what we're... Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. And, and those are in one classroom. Um, and Phil and I, uh, we, we work on uh, teaching those kids and, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, when you, I taught this at smaller schools before coming here and you think, wow, I can't wait to have a, you know, a big program and do all this stuff. Well, bigger kids and, and more stuff means more work. 
Um, but what we're seeing is we're just seeing kids who are involved in wanting to do musical stuff. And, you know, it doesn't matter the path that they take once they get in, you know, a lot of them seem like they, they really, um, they really enjoy it. Even after just talking about that, some other things that popped into my head, you know, I went over and I got to see our musical this afternoon, which is kind of a, a melding of worlds with the drama and the, and the vocal music and, and the, the uh, pit orchestra. We have some students involved with that and we can't forget about our pet band, which also meets after school extracurricularly. So um, one of the more impressive things that I think about a lot of our students is that not only are they involved in you know, making music, but they're making music often in many different groups. Uh, and sometimes at the same time, you know, we have kids that are going to do, be doing pet band and uh, drumline and jazz band or winter guard all in the same season at the same time. And you know, we're not requiring them to do those things. They, they just do them on their own. And you know, you start looking at, at where these kids are academically. These are some of the most organized kids academically. It, it, it boggles my mind how they can organize their time and do what they're doing and then do it at the level that they're doing. Yeah, the uh, the fine arts department, which band is part of, those kids that are in fine arts, they almost always have great grades. And those band kids are phenomenal. Uh, and, and what I like about those kids, I want, you know, because I'm at all the football games, so I see the, the halftime performances, and I'm at every basketball game. So I see the pet band and I'm a huge fan of pet of, of pet bands. Those kids are having so much fun. It's just unbelievable. And even, even when I'm leaving the office and the kids are out there in the large auditorium, auditorium after school, that lobby just waiting for band practice to start. They're just enjoying each other. Some of them are working on homework. Some of them are just chit chatting, but they're just great kids. You have a lot of great kids that you get to work with. We, we have a lot of great kids. And what's what, the fun part, what, you know, we talked about, you know, relax. Um, and something that's a, sort of a byproduct of the relaxing part is it can be very easy when we're doing what we're doing and we're thinking about, you know, performance and the competition thing and, and qualifying for, you know, certain events, whether it's the marching or jazz or, or whatever. It can be very easy for those things to start, you know, you flip the process and you go in thinking I'm pretty relaxed and you start thinking about what you want the outcome to be. Every time as, as an educator and just as, as a dad or a husband, I start thinking about what's coming on down the road and I start get, getting stressed about, you know, I hope this is done. I hope this happens and et cetera. And it's when I'm around the kids that I'm, that I'm the most stressed. As soon as I get around them, it's like, you know, it's like you put it, you put a butter in the microwave, it just melts away. And it's, it's so cool how their presence and their joy for making music can take the stresses of the outcomes, just blend uh, very smoothly into making the process that much more enjoyable. So, you know, what you said is a hundred percent true. And then some, you can tell that those kids feed off of that, that calmness that you have around them. You know, I've always said, and I'm not the only one that always says this, but a football team takes the personality of their coach. And I think a band takes the personality of their band director. And I think your kids uh, have picked up your personality because I know you just love making music. You love being around the kids and they feed off of that. And that's why they can't wait to be around you. And that's, that's what, that's the message I want to give the public is, how awesome you are as a person around those kids. Oh, thanks, Andy. That's very kind. And you should be commended for that because it's it's a joy to see. I'm from the jock world. I like music. I've never been in a band. I can't even play a tambourine. That's how incompetent I am with musical instruments. But being around the band at Carroll High School has really 
warned me, warmed me up and gave me an insight into this magical world because it's no different than sports. If anybody says band kids don't work hard, they have no idea what they're talking about. They work harder than football kids. But and I think, you know, what you're talking about is the common factor there is, is kids. You know, the kids, kids get, um, kids often become the, the barometer that is unfairly measured against society. And the reality is, you know, kids are simply the, they're the product of, of, of their environment and the hope of those who put them there. And, you know, whether it's band kids, whether it's football kids, whether it's drama kids, these are kids who, you know, I think as we get older, sometimes we forget how to hope and we forget how to be optimistic and we forget how to see the good. Um, maybe society starts pulling that out of us. I don't know. But, you know, the band kids are kids. The the athletic kids are kids. The All of these students that are walking, these souls that walk through the hallways of Carroll High School, age between 14 and 18 years old, they have the optimism and, and the opportunities that I think we as adults sometimes forget about. And I think, you know, when, I think that's one of the things that keeps us involved in education is that, that youthful optimism that, you know, sometimes when we want to say we're done with this, you know, we see that kid that comes in and they can sense uh, when we're having a rough day and they flash that smile or, you know, the inside joke or whatever. So I think, you know, they already have the upper hand because of, of, of where they are in life. And, uh, you know, then you season that with, with something like uh, a musical uh, activity or a sport that they play. And I think that what's already there just becomes, you know, I, it, the kids are, are the food and the things that they do are the seasoning and the seasoning just brings it out. It's already there and they're already great. Yeah, I just I recently turned uh, fifty in September. No, you did not. And uh, you are, you yes, right? yes. And this actually leads me into what I was going to say. Man. All right. So, thank you, thank you very much. So, I had another person talk to me about that over the weekend. They said, "When you told me you were fifty, I thought you were just playing with me. I thought you were playing a joke. Like it took it took me about twenty minutes to convince this person back in October and." You know, the reason that I guess I look young or I act young is for half of my life, I have professionally been around teenagers working in a school. And if those kids can't keep you young, there's something wrong with you. And, you know, the current crop of the 21st century teenager always playing video games and got their nose and their phone and that kind of stuff, they get a bad rap from society because they're amazing kids. They are so tolerant and they are so knowledgeable and they're so Mm. nimble. And one of the reasons that makes Carroll High School so good is we have all kinds of opportunities where those kids can use those skills of of tolerance and eagerness and their their fidelity with whatever skills that they have. There is an outlet for them at Carroll. You know, even though we're a a giant school of twenty four hundred kids, there's something at Carroll for every single kid and that music department that you are a kingpin of has really touched how many kids i mean what are you talking 300 400 kids that are involved with music amazing yeah there's there's a lot of them there you know there are times and i remember um we well and it what's really interesting is when you zoom out and you you see these you know kind of taking us back to where we started the, the facebook live thing every one of those kids has a parent and, and a lot of them you know there's uh, thankfully, there's a there's a couple of them involved, and so you know we had our our opening uh, picnic in August, and 
I was just walking from one side of the practice field to the other, and I kind of stopped and I looked over, and uh, I saw uh, I saw five or six hundred people. <laughs> and I thought, my goodness, that's a, that's a lot of people. And you know, I, and I think it, it's always, um, I guess, for lack of a better term, um, pretty sobering and pretty humbling to go. You know, there's every single person that's here is affected by the decisions that are made, and I think that's why it's so important that that we understand. Um, the impact of what we're doing. And that's, and I'm not just saying that for myself, you know, whether it's a classroom of 30 or, you know, or a football field filled with, you know, uh, cheerleaders and football players and uh, band kids. And then all the parents that help move all those things around. This is uh, the pinnacle of community. And, you know, when you, if we're, if we're fortunate, you know, one of the things that makes my job so I think wonderfully unique is most of the time I, I get kids for eight semesters in a row. And so I get to see them come in as these, you know, awkward uh, post-middle school boys and girls. And I get to see them grow through and, be, and leave as men and women. And um, <clears throat> getting to do life with them for four years, uh, it, it really makes you appreciate that, you know, in the scope of schools, we are under the microscope of standardized testing and data and all that stuff. And, you know, we talk about, um, you know, what's, maybe it's a tongue-in-cheek thing. I say, you know, the day that that band is on a standardized test will be, you know, it'll be a pretty amazing uh, thing. But you, you could make that about a lot of extra and co-curriculars. But what we tell our kids is the standardized test you're going to face is called life. And, you know, the mission, we have a mission statement for our band, and it is that we use music and excellence to learn how to be successful in life. And we, we see that stretch not only with our students, but, you know, with all of us, uh, the, the, the people that teach them. And we see that with the uh, the parents that support them, and we see that you know with administrators who cheer for them, and we see that in in their peers who accept and, and encourage them. And you know, I, I think if you boil it all down, it, you know, education is not about the stuff that we learn; it's about the time that we spend learning it. And uh, you know, to me, when we can put you know, from my perspective, when we can do the things like, you know, in, in my world, the music that is so crucial to allowing the students to grow and then see how everything complements it. Um, there's a lot of people that want to say what's wrong with, um, with education day. I've yet to see one of those people come to one of our rehearsals or go watch a football, uh, a football team practice or stop in on the show choir. It's, you know, to some degree, we're sort of tuning our own hordes and preaching to our own choirs. But um, for anyone who might be listening to this, you know, contact one of us and say, hey, can we just watch what you do? I think what you do is you're going to find out that um, you see, you're going to see great kids doing great things. And uh, it's, it's just all awesome. It really is awesome. You know, I think we should just end right there because that's what it's all about. It's all about loving on kids, putting them in a safe environment where they can basically push themselves and allow them to fail because yeah. they're going to learn from failure. And what they'll do is – They'll accept failure as just part of the learning process. They'll be like, oh, that didn't work. Let me try it this way. And that's going to help them much more in the future than almost anything else you can Absolutely. teach them. Because, you know, the learning the learning doesn't begin with us and it doesn't end with us. But, man, can we have an impact on them. We can really have an impact on them. Doug, what a pleasure to talk to you again. Not like I can't do it because you're only about 50 feet away, but still <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, dude, always love it. Awesome. Well, Doug, thank, thanks for the conversation. And uh, I can't wait to hear the pep band. And hopefully you've decided to play some of those music 
choices that I've given you. <laughs> like we need more cool in the gang. It's <laughs> uh, always a work in progress. That's right. All right. Thanks for being on the show, Doug. Thanks, man. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. The Northwest Allen County Schools Educator Spotlight was produced using Zencaster.com to record the interview with today's educator. Mixing and editing was completed using GarageBand on a MacBook Pro. Intro narration was done by Northwest Allen County Schools Chief Information Officer Lizette Downing. Leveled Up by Bad Snacks is the intro and outro music. You can find it in the YouTube audio library. I want to thank Doug Hassell for agreeing to be part of today's podcast. He is an asset to Northwest Allen County Schools, and we are fortunate to have an educator of his level leading our band department. I'm your host, Andy Dietrich. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe on either Apple Podcasts or on SoundCloud.